episode, an off-the-books episode ah. of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, Tuck Book News, Author News, and Larry News. But not today. It's off the books, so we're doing an author spotlight. Yes, we are. I'm Nick Gunning. I'm Eric Michaels. And we today are going to be talking to Sarah Prinius, uh, an author of many junior and YA novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're going to be talking specifically about her book, Dragonfell. Her new book. Which we featured in an episode a while back, episode 211 to be precise, where Eric brought this uh, as part of our sexy new book club books where we focused on uh, new additions to the collection. Yeah. He read a little bit of it. We both were hooked. We read the book, mm-hmm. reached out to the author. She agreed to join us. So Eric, roll it. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Um, you're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Just to give you a little context, uh, we do a rotating segment on the show where we pick some books from our collection, new books uh, that are into the collection here that we're excited about. Um, I usually pick adult books, and Eric, who's a teen librarian, We'll pick YA and junior books. And he happened to pick Dragonfell. And so we just kind of take a look at it. We read a little bit of the the segment. And we were both really, really interested in it. So we decided that we just were going to sit down and read the book to discuss it. And that's when we reached out uh, to you to see if you'd uh, take some time to talk with us. So that's kind of how we got here. And again, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk. So let's just just start right from the beginning. So uh, Magic Thief was your first book, right? Which came out in 2008? Yep. It's been about... 10 years. I'm 10 years into my writing career. Oh, well, that's a nice milestone. Uh, and yeah. how did that, how did that come about? Cause you were, you were working in higher education prior to that. Is that right? I was, I was, um, uh, the director of scholarships at the university of Iowa honors program. And okay. I was kind of writing on the side. I also had two small children and my husband was getting tenure. And so it was this, it was this really busy, busy time in my life. And I would find these little moments to write. Um, and, um, I had written a dud book <laughs> four years to write. And then I started writing the magic thief and it just like every, I squeezed time out everywhere that I could find it to write this book. Um, it, it just gripped my imagination. I went, there are three more books in that series mm-hmm. because character was just so much fun to write and really, really good at getting into trouble, which is what you want your main characters to do. If at all possible. Sure. So prior to that, I mean, had you entertained any ideas about being a full-time writer? Was that something no. that, that was okay? No. Nope, not at all. And it's, it's great that you guys are doing this kind of thing because I remember when I was a kid, I never got like, there were no school visits. I never saw an author or heard from one. And so mm-hmm. it didn't even occur to me that real actual people wrote the books that I love. <laughs> so it's it's really great that kids have programs like this or, or school visits or librarians who are willing to reach out and get authors to talk about what they do. Yeah, well, I mean, we always enjoy it. Just, I mean, as library professionals, we enjoy it. But uh, to speak to what you're saying, I think it is really important to sort of demystify that and to show that this is something that, yeah. um, you know, kids, teens, adults yeah. who are interested in doing this, that... You know, it it is possible. So yeah, I th- I think it's a great way to uh, to connect our readers to uh, authors like you who are, who are favorites. So my my first question for you is, uh, I'm interested in what fantasy books you were a fan of as a kid, uh, and maybe which ones inspired you to write. Because when I was a kid, I I don't remember a lot of books like Dragonfell. I don't remember the fantasy genre being a big right. one for yeah. for kids lit. At least you know yeah. until Harry Potter came out and everything. A lot of yeah. stuff was more sci-fi or goosebumps related when I was a kid, yeah. a lot of mystery. Well, I pr- I'm probably even older than you are. And when I was a kid, for sure, there were, there was very little to choose from in terms of fantasy. Right. Um, and I really didn't start reading fantasy until I was in college. That's when I started reading okay. adult fantasy books. And that's when I read the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. um, 
which was, you know, just a mind blower. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I read, I remember I read, this is an oldie, but it's um, T.H. White's uh, The Once and Future King. And the first part of that is the sword in the stone story. Right. That five times fast. Sword in the stone story. Um, which is the, you know, the young King Arthur story. And that one, so one of the things you see in a lot of my books is characters who can change into animals or um, into other creatures. But that comes from that comes from the sword in the stone because young King Arthur, when he was a boy, is changed into all these different animals by Merlin, mm-hmm. so that he can learn about different parts of being a good king. Um, so that was a really formative book when I was little. Um, but other than that, well, Wrinkle in Time was another one that was huge. But as you say, that's sort of more science fictiony than sure. fantasy. Um, and the other books that were really important to me, and I think that they do, they are relevant for a fantasy writer, weirdly, um, are the Little House on the Prairie books by Laura mm. Ingalls Wilder, because she was so amazingly good at setting a scene. Sure. My theory is because she spent so much of her life describing things to Mary, to her sister who was blind, right. yeah. that she became really good at evoking what the like the real essential and that like i learned a lot as a writer Mm -hmm. from reading laura and trying to build like a fantasy world for the reader because they have to enter they have to really do a big act of the imagination to get into that world yeah and i see see what you're saying with that because in in historical fiction it is so important to to really lay out exactly what the experience of that character was going to be like so that there is an obvious uh comparison there with fantasy which had never occurred to me before so (laughs) Um, let, so let's talk about Dragonfell. If, for those sure. who haven't, who haven't read it, would you, could you give just a quick synopsis of what we're talking about? Sure. Um, you know, it's funny to be talking about this book because I know it only came out this year, but of course I finished writing it like two years ago. Let's see if I can remember. <laughs> it's gone, you know, I've written something else since then. Dry and Dragonfell, it's set in a kind of, um, world where factories and technology is starting to advance. And magical things are being squeezed out of this world um, because so the landscape is changing. For example, mm-hmm. if coal mines, your beautiful um, mountains are kind of maybe not there anymore. Um, and your skies are maybe getting more polluted from factories and so on. Um, so it, that's the setting of the world, a world that's changing. And Rafi is a kid who lives in this remote sheep farming village um, and um, hasn't really been touched by those changes yet, but th- they're coming. They're coming to his village. And when change happens, a lot of times people get scared and they're likely to lash out at anybody who's different. And Rafi is different. He looks different than everyone else in his in his village. Um, and he has flamingly bright hair and his eyes are very dark, almost like they have shadows in them and a spark deep, deep in his eyes. Um, and because he's different and because things are changing, he's cast out of his village. And so he has to go out into the world and, and the kind of mission that he has, um, because of some of the stuff that goes down is that he has to find the dragons that are left in the world. Now people think they're gone because they haven't been seen in a long time. Right. Um, and he's joined in this quest by a girl named Maud, who is, or she calls herself, a dragon scientist. Right. So both questing for dragons for different reasons and mm-hmm. adventures 
um, arise from that situation. You, you kind of uh, mentioned this, but uh, near, at the very end of the book, there's a line that Maud says where she says, um, just because he's different doesn't mean he's dangerous. And yes. I, I, I kind of took that as the general thesis of the book. It uh, is. In fact, okay. when I sign when I sign books, that's the line that I write down. Okay, great. So dangerous. <laughs> so how important was that message to you then uh, to yeah, convey that well, in Dragonfell? Hugely important. I think, um, you know, in our current historical moment, there is a lot of fear mm-hmm. of people that are different. Um, and I, I really think that tolerance and openness and being welcoming and making pe- people feel like they belong is really, really important right now. Right. Um, so, I mean, that was very much an intentional move on my part and, and the kind of main, you know, I don't, I don't think that books need to be like messagey, um, right. but that was one of the main things I wanted to say in this book is mm-hmm. that um, people may be different from you, but that doesn't mean you should be afraid of them. Well, you also mentioned in your synopsis there that this idea that there's this sort of a war going on between you know emerging technologies with the factories coming in and all that, it's kind of pushing out the old ways, you know, it kind of I don't know, sort of minimizing the the individual ingenuity and and, and you know, with Flitch trying to sort of yeah. shift things. Yeah. And I just wondered, is was that a message that you particularly want? I know you said you don't want messages, but I mean, was, right. that, a, was that a theme that you were trying to explore? Was that something that you, yeah. that so, you wanted to talk about? A, a little bit. Like, I don't want to be um, thinking that like technological advances are bad because I think many, many of them are good. Um, I would say almost all of them are good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking right now. We have really <laughs> yes. technological advance, right? Um, but I think it's really important to be mindful of the effects of the choices we make in terms of technology. So if you have a factory that's turning out, um, you know, in this case, in the case of the story, you know, like cloth, um, that's kind of cheap and, and you're just going to wear it, you know, it makes a shirt that you're only going to wear for a year and then throw away. That's mm-hmm. not very good for our world. Right. Like it's, if we have disposable product. Um, whereas if we have, you have things that are made with care by artisans or people who are, are intentional about what they're doing, you might think, oh, that's more expensive and that's going to cost more. But in the long term, actually, it really doesn't. Like if you, if you're throwing away your shirt every year versus keeping a shirt that was made by somebody who really labored over it and cared about it, that ends up in the long run being, being less expensive and also less of a burden on our planet. Right. So um, so yeah, that like, I think what I'm trying to say here is that balance is important. Absolutely. Having you just, uh, mentioned that Lord of the Rings was such an impact. I mean, that was a very, uh, big theme in his, uh, his books as well over, you know, the negative effects of yes. industrializing everything. So yes. I'm not too surprised to find it, uh, found yeah. its way into your writing too then. Yeah, that's very true. Because you have written young adult books, uh, but you also you have written a lot of uh, juvenile younger books uh, in the fantasy genre for both. Is there a special challenge to writing fantasy for kids for the younger audience? Uh, is there like are there special um, challenges to actually, world building? I think, I think kids are really super fun to write for because when we're adults, mm-hmm. um, we tend to get we're less flexible in in right. what we can take in. We're not we're not as programmed to learn as kids are. So. We're like, we open a book and we think, okay, um, you know, it has to be this certain kind of book. Mm -hmm. We don't know what to do with it. Whereas kids, I think, have 
reading protocols where they're like, bring it, just whatever you got, just give it to me and I will read it and I will not judge. I will just take it in and love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kids are really open readers to like whatever, whatever's coming along and you can throw dragons at them or mm-hmm. it's magic and stuff. And they're, they're like really ready to take that on. So, um, I, th- I would say like in some ways, um, adults, well, see, yeah, I'm a kid's writer. I would say adults are harder to write. For. Sure. <laughs> Does that, ease continue on to the young adult genre or does it start to get a little bit more difficult as they get older right for me um writing young adult was was hard um Mm -hmm. and and i had to do a lot more um revision work with my editor on the young adult books it just wasn't as natural a fit okay but i will also say that the readers of those i wrote i've written two young adult books ash and bramble and rose and thorn and it turns out the readers of those books are actually middle school students. They're not okay. high school students. The, the mail I get from readers is from kids who are 13, mm-hmm. 12, 14. I mean, that's where those books hit. That's right. the spot. So really, they're kind of sort of YA, but not really. <laughs> well, it's still, it's still important to have uh, younger uh, written books in the YA yes. section so they have Absolutely. a jumping on point. Absolutely. I mean, I, I work as a bookseller um, mm-hmm. two afternoons a week, and there is a, like, we have a bookselling category that we need to fill, and that's, I, I really think, for readers who are not quite ready for the, like, heavy content of YA, mm-hmm. but are ready to move on from middle grade right uh, and we just do not have enough books in that <laughs> right. um yeah. I, I have to ask because i was looking at the uh the author description on the back of your book uh sure. your, your own goats were they the inspiration oh they definitely were the inspiration yes i, I don't have goats anymore um, okay but when i was writing when i was writing dragonfell i had goats mm-hmm. and um two of the goats that are in raffi's goat horde mm-hmm. uh, are are goats goats that were my goats yeah okay. <laughs> yeah yeah poppy was my little little fat goat and that's the goat that goes with Rafi on his journey so goats are awesome <laughs> i want to put goats in all my books now <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fun challenge try to find a way to work a goat into every book going you forward know, my, next, my next book is is science fiction set on a spaceship so i don't think there's gonna be um, any goat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that yeah. leads perfectly into my next question, which was, I wonder if you could give us a little, a little preview of, of what to expect next. Yeah. So, um, my next book I, I wrote, um, so I, I, I don't know if you know how this works, but we have um, an agent who does our kind of our business for us. Our authors have an agent Mm -hmm. and I hired my agent and I got an agent. So I wrote a new book in order to get a new agent. I wanted to do something really different. Okay. So it's still middle grade. um, And it still has a character who um, changes shapes because he's a shapeshifter. Um, It's called Trouble in the Stars. And it's about a kid who's a shapeshifter, which I think is not that much of a stretch because I feel like every 12 year old on this planet is a shapeshifter like kids, <laughs> yeah. shapeshifters, right as they grow and change so um but he's he doesn't actually have gender except when he's in the human shape so i'm going to refer to him as he but mostly he's they okay um so he takes on a human shape and and goes on a spaceship with with some humans and other um life forms um and um i don't want to talk too much about it but um it just sold to a new publisher so i'm really excited oh great on. yeah yeah, so that's what I've got coming up next, and it's not coming out until 2021. So 2021. Oh, okay, yeah, so we've got some time. Out. The lead time is really long in publishing. Okay. So, and, yeah. the t- and the title again was? Trouble in the Stars. Trouble in the Stars from 2021. Love that. It's a 
here's the character's name is trouble <laughs> ah okay <laughs> yeah well hey thanks again for talking to us this morning we both really enjoyed the book and maybe we'll have to have you back in 2021 when trouble in the stars comes out right oh i would love to talk to you about that book it's all right well thanks so much all right thanks a lot <laughs> What a fun interview. It certainly was. Uh, she was very generous with her time, and uh, I'm looking forward to this new book that she's talking about. Trouble we, in the Stars. We've got to wait a little while, yeah. 2021, but uh, I'm sure we'll have that in our collection, and we'll check it out. You can find <laughs> episodes like this and others like it at soundcloud.com slash all the books. iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere, right? Yeah. Pretty much everywhere you can get your podcast. Yeah. Uh, we've, Stitcher. Oh, what really? do you use? Are we on Stitcher? I use Podcast Addict. Yeah. Just we're a separate app. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We've interviewed uh, many junior and young adult authors over the years. So uh, if you like this one, you can go back in the All the Books archives, listen to our chat with Naomi Shihab Nye. Mm -hmm. We talked to her about her book, Habibi, and some of her other uh, poetry collections that she yep. was doing at the time. We recently interviewed Rachel Cohn, uh, co-author of Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist yes. and other things. Uh, we focus mostly on Nick and Nora. And then our most recent, uh, prior to this, was Lauren James, who wrote The Loneliest Girl Loneliest in the Universe, Girl in the which universe, was a, yeah. a super fun YA space thriller. So look uh, Looking forward to more from her. But yes, so the, this and uh, many, many other author interviews, comic book authors, uh, bestsellers, mystery authors, lots of things. You can find those at soundcloud.com slash all the books. So once again, thanks to our guest, Sarah Prinius, and uh, we'll see you next time on the All the Book Show. Mm -hmm.